1: We're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports and FanSided, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. You can find my writing at FanSided, at fan NFL, at AcmePackingCompany.com. It is all there for you, and we've got a lot to get to. On our Wednesday free agency extravaganza, we have to start with Muhammad Wilkerson because within two hours of me hitting publish on our Jimmy Graham, Jordy Nelson show yesterday, the Packers announced that they've signed defensive lineman Muhammad Wilkerson. And we're going to have Denny Kelly from the ringer on in a little bit to talk about that Jimmy Graham signing. I'm going to circle back to that in the second half of the show. It seemed like every show we did last week was about him and the prospect of that signing and what that would look like and why it made sense. And all of those reasons still apply. So if you missed those shows, maybe go back and listen, but we're going to have a lot more discussions about it. Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report and FanRag is going to be here later in the week to have a discussion about what Wilkerson is at this point and I think more specifically about what he isn't. Um, The deal, first of all, makes... A tremendous amount of sense for the Packers because it is a one-year, $5 million deal. It is a prove-it contract. And at 28, can Muhammad Wilkerson come in and be a productive player? I don't think anyone should have any sort of delusions of grandeur about who Muhammad Wilkerson is at this point in his career. He still has juice in that body. He was an excellent pass rusher in his prime. Physically, he's just not that guy anymore. It's hard to be 6'6", 3'10", 3'16", 3'20", and have your body be faithful to you throughout the course of your career. Um, Especially when you're playing a position like he does, when he's got to handle gaps and he's got to take on multiple blockers. It's tough. And he had a serious leg injury a couple years ago that robbed him of some of his bursts, some of his get off, some of his first-step quickness. That said, he is an excellent run defender. I think if he gets in a little bit better shape, if he's focused and motivated and comes into camp in shape, that was what that that meeting was about. It's why he started his path in Green Bay. I think that is an indication to all of us and hopefully to the Packers that he wants to make this right. He wants this to work for him. The Packers have to hope that they're getting that motivated player, but it's only a one year deal. And Green Bay has an enormous amount of cap space in 2019, should Wilkerson come in and produce, that they could sign him and not hurt or disrupt their long-term vision of what this football team is. They could have a three-man front with Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, and Muhammad Wilkerson. And as I said last week, each of them in this Mike Patton defense would be playing his preferred position. Kenny Clark is a nose tackle. Mike Daniels is a three-tech. And Muhammad Wilkerson is a five-tech. Now, you can slide Wilkerson inside to rush on passing downs, which provides more value for him. We need to know what he's going to be like physically before we know how effective he can be in that role. Kenny Clark showed at times last year that he can be a very effective pass rusher. I don't know if you want him in on sub-packages, but one of the things that Mike Pettin does really well is disguise. And... He's creative with his blitzes, his pressure packages, his stunts. And so Wilkerson needs to be able to still move. Hopefully he can do that. And hopefully he can get in better shape than he was in in New York. That was part of the problem with the motivation, with the missed meetings, with some of the attitude issues. Was he playing hard? Was he not? So the hope is that he comes in and gives them a starting caliber defensive lineman. Dean, no, no disrespect to Dean Lowry, who's a fine player. We're going to see what Montrevious Adams has to give. I think he could he could give Kenny Clark a blow at no tackle. I think he can play some three technique. I think he's long enough and explosive enough to play some five technique early early on downs. I think first and second down. Obviously, he's not going to be a part of a lot of their their pressure packages. Their third and long and and dime packages. But this gives the Packers more depth. It gives them another weapon. Muhammad Wilkerson probably is never going to be that double-digit sack guy again. But could he be someone who creates consistently, who disrupts, who is a force in the run game? I think absolutely. And so given the cost, there's 3 million in incentives in this contract. Even if it gets to 8 million, that is that is well within range of reasonable for someone of, of his talent level, of his caliber. Again, we need to see what he is physically, and we need to make sure that he comes in shape to camp and is going to play and play hard and stay focused. But he's from the Jersey area, maybe playing at home. He was distracted. There's a lot of different factors. Clearly, he believed that he needed a change in scenery, and he's getting the coach that coaxed the best out of him in his career in New York. If there's anyone that can get the most out of Muhammad Wilkerson, it's Mike Patton. And that's the important part of this. Now, the the thing, as we've gone through the day on Wednesday, the Packers have missed out on a number of other cornerbacks. And that's the big question now. I ended yesterday's pod by saying they need to go get Tremaine Johnson. In the meantime, he signed a huge deal with the New York Jets, $15 million a year. And that's just... That's just untenable. Green Bay was never going to spend that much. They should not have spent that much. The Jets shouldn't have spent that much, frankly, but Todd Bowles loves cornerbacks. And the market is is getting thin. Now, it was reported this afternoon the Packers are in on Rashawn Melvin, who had an excellent season for the Colts last year, but it's really just one year of of quality NFL production, so that's a question... Uh, it sounds like Dominic Rodgers-Cromartie does not want to take a, a bunch of other visits. So that may no longer be an option for the Packers, but EJ Gaines is still out there. Um, there are some, some secondary players still out there. And then the big fish, could the Honey Badger come to the Badger State? The Cardinals released Tyron Matthew, and he could be exactly the kind of one-two punch. You replace Morgan Burnett and the eight and a half or so million it was reported he wants, that it doesn't sound like the Packers are going to pay. And you get a slot corner. Matthew, one of his best traits is his ability to not only play deep and be a playmaker as a safety in coverage, but he can be your slot corner. He can just be, not, not sometimes, not in a pinch. No, he can just be your nickel. That is an enormous asset. And so to be able to get that guy, even if it took 10 or $12 million. You're talking about a young player, yes, who has some injuries. But now they have the runway with the Nelson cut. They have room on the cap. Someone like Matthew is a two birds with one stone player, gives you a third safety and a nickel corner. That is ideal because those are the two positions they still need to address in free agency. They need to decide on Morgan Burnett and they need to sign at least one corner. I think beyond that, If you look at this draft and the guys available, I think you look corner or edge at 14. I think Josh Jackson is the intuitive choice. I think more and more as I look at it, Denzel Ward could be a player that sneaks to 14 given what's happened this offseason. But you go Josh Jackson at 14, I think you can get a quality receiver at 45. And then at 76, maybe they package picks and move up. But either way, you can get a defensive end. Could Josh Sweat be available in the third round? Duke Edge I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of secondary pass rushers in this class that could be available. Now I still think if you want a premier guy, you get him at 14, the Harold Landry, the Marcus Davenport. They could wait on a receiver. If they think Graham can be the guy, they're gonna use Ty Montgomery a little bit more. That's something we'll discuss as we move down the line. We're going to get to Danny Kelly in just a second, but before we do, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. I tell you about this every show, and I would really appreciate it if you went on our iTunes page and you put in uh, your name and a review of this podcast. Give us five stars. That would be great, too. You'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. It gets you access to player grades, tools, charts, charts, free agent grades, uh, draft content, all sorts of data behind the paywall that I'm trying to give you for free. I'm trying. I want to give it to you. Help me help you. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. All right, returning to locks on Packers from Seattle is staff writer at the ringer, Danny Kelly. You can find him on Twitter at Danny B Kelly. You can find all of his content at the ringer.com. You can find him. He contributes to the ringer NFL show with Robert Mays and Kevin Clark. He is everywhere. And he is here now to talk to us about the Jimmy Graham signing.
0: David Harrison here, the locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer
1: Danny, thanks for coming back on Locked on Packers.
3: Absolutely. It's been a pretty crazy little uh, free agency period here. Actually, just started. We're recording now at uh, 1.30 Pacific. So it, technically it just started, but it's been going on for a couple of days now. It's kind of crazy
1: Only only technically 34 minutes into free agency and <laughs> half the league is signed free agents
3: yeah. It's funny because there's actually it, there's not a whole lot going on right now It's all kind of the the main first huge wave is already over. So um, it, yeah, it already
1: th- happened We
3: knew by Monday night
1: Pacific time that that guys were going to be on the move. I I just I don't understand why we can't just do away with this legal tampering. Just let's just start. If we're just going to start, just start.
3: (laughs) I don't really understand like what the point is. What I mean, what's the difference between just having regular? Like you can just go ahead and sign. Uh, and and everyone knows the combine is
1: where this starts anyway with right, the illegal right. tampering, which is why they basically had to say, OK, well, we'll let you legally tamper it. It's all very it's all very bizarre to me. But let's yeah. get to uh, the matter at hand. The reason you are here and that is to discuss the Packers signing Jimmy Graham. This was obviously something yeah. that uh, came a little bit out of nowhere. The, the Packers had some reported interest in Graham, but all of a sudden the receiver started flying off the board. And Green Bay came in off the top rope with a move that I I think was surprising for a lot of people. What was your initial reaction when you heard it?
3: Well, my first reaction was like, wow, this is going to be a lot of fun with Aaron Rodgers, which I'm sure is, you know, not it's that's not nuanced. It's just going to be awesome to see, (laughs) you know, it's going to see that see that two kind of pair up in the red zone. But um it was surprising, obviously, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, the Packers generally don't make big splash moves like that. And then two, I, I just figured he was going to go back to the Saints. Like, it just made too much sense for that to happen. Um, So it was a little bit surprising that, you know, he didn't work out a deal with the Saints to kind of reunite with Drew Brees. And, and you know, they've got what looks like a championship team kind of putting putting that together. And so... To me, that was the shocking thing. I, I, yeah, like you said, they came off the top rope. It was kind of out of nowhere. It, it, but, I mean, there's been a few of these moves in, in free agency so far. And overall, I really like the, the pairing.
1: One of the criticisms of Graham in Seattle, and this was something we talked about when you came on the show to preview uh, Packers-Seahawks in Week 1, was this, this problem of usage. And mm-hmm. when I asked you about it, you pushed back a little bit, and and we're like, go back and look at the numbers. Jimmy Graham had a really good season in twenty sixteen. Um, actually, averaged more yards per catch, coincidentally, than Jordy Nelson did in what everyone <laughs> agreed was a Pro Bowl season for him. Um, and then last year, it seemed like they decided you're a you're a red zone weapon, and that's yep. it. Yep. Uh, was that a a Daryl bevel call or was that because his
3: athleticism waned or what did you see when you watched? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a little bit of both. I just don't. So when I watch him play, you know, one of the kind of main things that you notice about him is he can cover a lot of ground really fast And, and he's, it's not like he's necessarily super explosive, but he's just, you know, he's big, he's six, seven. He can, you know, every one of his strides is like a few yards so he can cover ground up the seam. Um, I don't and know he doesn't if he look has... like
1: he's moving fast, but all of a sudden he's right. 10 yards downfield.
3: Yeah. He's just big. He lumbers, but I, I don't think he's got quite as much quick twitch as he used to. Um, I think that's probably a factor. I don't think, um, I don't, I just don't think he's kind of, you know, able to separate quite as much as he used to. Not, not that he was ever a separation guy, but, um, I do think, you know, he's 31, he's coming off a patellar injury. That's, that's a factor. Um, you know, obviously his numbers dropped from 2016, which is a little bit weird because that was, you know, he, he was coming off the injury then, but yeah, I just think that, you know, he's, he's probably a little more limited than he used to be in terms of athleticism. That's not to say he's a bad athlete now because he definitely is not. He, he's still definitely, you know, a really good athlete at six foot seven, two sixty some pounds. Um, you know, he still can box out and, and he's, he's, you know, obviously really, really good at using his size to, to fend off defenders and all that. So, um, I don't think you you want to expect him to be, you know, one of those like Travis Kelsey kind of guys where he's going to catch the ball and pick up tons and tons of yards after the catch. But I do think, you know, he's still good enough to be a threat over the middle field. And I I think he's still a premier, like top tier red zone threat. So, you know, there's a reason they gave him 10 million a year. Um, You know, that's still the top tight end salary, I think. And there's there's reasons for that. I think that it's warranted. He, he still looks to me, after going back
1: and watching some of last year and some of how they used him in the red zone, I mean, it still seemed like they were regularly in the red zone splitting him out wide
3: yep. against
1: either a corner or a safety and telling the defense, we dare you to cover him one-on-one. And more often than not,
3: defenses couldn't. Right. I don't know and you know this is kind of goes back to the last couple of years of what happened in Seattle but it's like it just doesn't make any sense to me why they started using him this way this year only. Right. Um <laughs> but yeah I mean they, they it's they seem to figure out what he's best at which is creating mismatches because you know you, you can there's not many DBs that are big enough to defend him and mostly linebackers nowadays are um, you know quite a bit smaller than him as well so you know he's he's just got a size advantage on pretty much everybody so I don't know I, I for whatever reason it took him a really long time to figure this out but um, you know the Russell Wilson and he, he him got on the same page in terms of the back shoulder throw the fade route and it was really really effective for him I mean you know the Seahawks have had one of the well I don't know where they rank but not a very good red zone offense you know in the last four or five years always been kind of in the lower third i think of the league and i think they got i think they finished like 13th or something like that which is actually pretty good for them this last year and that had nothing to do with their run game it had everything to do with graham um you know they're one of the worst red zone running teams in the nfl so he was essentially their goal line back which um you know he he was more or less it wasn't automatic but he was he was Definitely a weapon that they went to a lot in the red zone and and you know He was a reliable guy that they could do that back shoulder throw to it was just almost automatic I yeah, just looked this up the other day because I was like, you know, what are they gonna do without him? <laughs> right. I, I just don't they they can't run without him. So I, I mean they can't run it doesn't really have anything to do with him or not but he, he was kind of their trump card in the red zone Um, and again, I'm kind of, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him with Aaron Rodgers because we know Rodgers is so good at anticipation. He could put the ball exactly where he needs to put it. And, you know, Graham had some drops this year, which was, I think, a little bit uncharacteristic. There was, you know, I was going to ask you about that. yeah the Seahawks, I don't know what happened. He had a couple of big, like he, and that might be a part of the reason why his, his, uh, his, per catch average was so low this year because he dropped if you really like would have been like 35 40 yard gains right um he just dropped them and and i don't know if that's you know that's not necessarily something i think you have to worry about too much but it happened and there's a wheel route i'm thinking of where he's wide open down the sideline balls right yeah. in his
1: hands and it could have been not even 30 it could have been 50 60 yards yeah and he just there's...
3: There were a few of those, and there was a couple in the end zone where it went straight through his hands. Mm-hmm. So who knows what that's all about? You know, the Seahawks play in wet conditions, and I don't know. I can't remember if that, if that had anything to do with a few of those, but that, that could be a thing, and so I don't he, know. It, he also it's won prob- the
1: game against the Texans.
3: Yeah. he had, well, I, I'm trying to picture that play. Isn't that where he caught it over the middle and then ran it in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and, Um. and the
1: Texans forgot to cover him. So that helps. But he
3: (laughs) he, he's still a big
1: body in the middle of the field. I mean, if Aaron Aaron Rodgers was the this is the the line I keep going back to Aaron Rodgers, was the MVP in the league in 2014 with Richard Rodgers as a rookie. And Richard Rodgers is bad at football. (laughs) Jimmy Graham is really good at
3: football. He is not bad at football. That's for sure. I, I, am you know, I'm a huge fan of him. I think it's too bad it didn't really work out how it should have probably in Seattle. Um, I, again, I just don't really think they ever figured out like how he was best utilized in their offense. And maybe the connection there wasn't, you know, just wasn't there with Russell Wilson for the first couple of years, but I do still think he's a really good player. So I think it's a big get for the, for the Packers. I mean, it just makes them even more terrifying. Obviously, you know, it's, you lose Jordan. So there's some give and take there, but I do think that Graham has the potential to do double digit touchdowns again this year. Um, I think he and he and Rogers are going to have a good connection in the red zone. And like you said, he, he's still a threat over the middle. It's not like he's invisible over the middle. It's just, he, I don't, I don't think he's kind of like the explosive guy he was early in his career, but that's to be expected. I think it would, it'll be interesting to see if the Packers use him on, let's say it's third
1: and six in the red on on a situation like that, split him out wide and have him run a slant the same
3: way he would at the goal line Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just say, okay, get us seven on third and six. The Seahawks did that, and I think he was pretty effective at it. Um, you know, like like I said before, he uses his body really well to kind of, like, shield guys off, and, um, you know, I don't know if he can run a whip route that effectively, but if guys overplay it, then you can obviously throw, like, a back shoulder look or a fade type of thing, and, um, yeah, it's, it's again, it's all about matching him up with a guy who's smaller than him or um, slower which, in which some Which is cases. everyone. Everyone is yeah. smaller than him. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know, it, it, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the best at this in terms of like looking at the field and kind of getting guys lined up where they get the mismatch and then attacking that mismatch. And, you know, I think I think he's going to be an effective weapon for him. I I really do. I think um, as long as he can stay healthy, as long as Rodgers can stay healthy, it's going to be it's going to be a beautiful relationship.
1: Before I let you go, I'm going to ask a question that's going to hurt some feelings of some of my listeners. (laughs) Uh, Seattle was one of the names on the list of potential teams interested in Jordy Nelson. Mm. Uh, Break their hearts. Is this a good idea?
3: (laughs) I'm actually wondering what you think about that because, I mean – for me, obviously the size thing is cool, and and you know he's a he's a big guy. He's, he's always had success he's in over the red six zone. Six
1: feet tall, so that's new for Seattle.
3: <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, is he able to separate anymore at this point? Uh, you know, I don't know exactly where or how the Seahawks would use him in their offense. It's it's kind of hard to picture exactly how he would win in the Seahawks offense. Um, but i'm not like completely against it on the other hand you know i, I think obviously they do need weapons in their offense they, they their covers are pretty bare when it comes to pass catchers right now and you know jordy's always been really reliable he's got great hands um he's just been a playmaker his whole career and, and i think obviously his speed isn't what it used to be but um i mean it's probably better than like a tanner mcavoy <laughs>
1: It is. I can can confirm on that one, Danny. (laughs) It's interesting because so much of of the Seahawks offense is Russell Wilson extending and and trying to create. And so much of Green Bay's offense is Aaron Rodgers trying to extend and create. And so from that perspective, if Wilson and Nelson could get on the same page and and expecting them to develop a sort of, you know, that, that ESP in year one, could be tough but nelson is great at making himself available considering Mm -hmm. how much of that is in seattle's offense you know it it makes a a scary amount of sense if you're a packers fan who still
3: fears the seahawks which is most of them (laughs) how much would it suck i mean for 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 packers fans wouldn't it be really weird to see him in a seahawks uniform
1: it would be brutal i think that everyone is cheering right now that john gruden is is in love with Jordy Nelson. They can find the turkey hole together, and <laughs> uh, you know th- that's the best case scenario. All right, let, let's not let, let's not run
3: too well on that to a, too a, much. To a
1: foul of, <laughs> of all of this, uh, where where can people find some of your work? Again, uh, remind them. Although they should all know, they should all be following you and reading everything that you do at the Ringer.
3: Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Danny B Kelly, and then obviously, uh, yeah, check me out on the Ringer and the Ringer NFL show—they they, uh, yep, a yep. lot of
1: a lot of great stuff there. So, uh, Danny, I appreciate you taking the time on what has been already. It's only Wednesday, <laughs> uh, a crazy week.
3: Absolutely, anytime.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shell.
2: The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: I want to thank Danny again for joining Locked On Packers. Danny does outstanding work. Uh, If you want a little bit more, by the way, about Mike Pettin's defense and and what it could look like, Danny is used to cover the Seahawks for SB Nation. And I went back and I used a lot of his explainer pieces to sort of help me with the work that I've done on Mike Pettin for Acme Packing Company and explaining what some of his fronts could look like. So I I recommend you, you go back and find some of that. But I always recommend everything that he does at the ringer. They do great work. Uh, I always want to spread out the love there and recognize when g- good work is being done. We'll be back on Friday. Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report and FanRank Sports is going to be here to talk more about Muhammad Wilkerson. I'm going to try and bring you as much information about these guys as possible. I know it's, it's really exciting to have new faces and maybe a little bit scary. So I, I want to bring you that information. We're going to, We're going to have that interview on Friday and then we'll be back next week. Same schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Maybe we'll have more to talk about. Maybe there'll be a corner to discuss. Maybe there'll be a receiver to discuss. Who knows? Until then, remember, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, whatever, at Peter and at Lockdown Packers. Keep it locked at FanRike Sports and at Packing Company. And always stay locked on, Packers.